Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, it's Thursday. It's almost, thank God, it's Friday day. What a week this has been. it's going to be a long weekend, Labor Day weekend, and uh, I look forward to it because once in a while we've got to... We gotta relax. Unwind. And we have a lot to, but like, get us wound up have, this week. <laughs> we have two governors. Two governors in the studio. I love it. Two We have a favorites. Democratic governor and we have a Republican governor, but they're both friends. And we have Governor George Pataki, uh, the hero from 9-11. And Governor David Patterson, the hero survived, uh, Elliot Spitzer and survived Governor Cuomo. By the way, he, and he survived Uber. You got to tell the Uber and story. And survived Uber. You got to tell the Uber story real quick, up Patterson. Yes, my assistant called an Uber for me today and uh, said it's for Governor Patterson. And the Uber driver wrote back, uh, "I'm not in the mood for jokes." And shut, <laughs> shut it off. So we had to call a second Uber. <laughs> and to give us our usual two-minute or three-minute re- report on the streets out of, of New York, we have Curtis Lewa. Curtis, um, you have become famous for giving us those two-minute, three-minute reports. Yep. Well, I'm going to break your heart because many times, John, you've told the story of how some of your initial flights were in and out of Atlantic City International Airport. No, no, no. We were at a small airport mostly. Oh. Beta Field. Beta Field. Let me tell you something. I had some, uh, that's the shortest runway in the world. <laughs> but, oh. uh, but, uh, uh, but, uh, the international airport is a very big airport. But so which, a, which airport? It's the international it's airport. But it's the bigger one right. you're bigger talking one, about. Wow. And, uh, so what's going on? Joe Biden has given permission to Eric Adams to transport the illegal aliens to that airport across state lines. And Murphy hasn't said anything. You would think right away Murphy would have a press conference in Trent. No way. Remember, last week they said he can use four well, dicks. You saw what happened to Governor Cuomo when he objected to uh, the White House. Yes, yes. But anyway, uh, last week it was four dicks, which is partly a correctional facility, partly training for National Guards now. Uh, he can use that. So Eric Adams can send them there. That's in Burlington, 16 miles away from Trenton. Now they give him the opportunity at the International Airport in Atlantic City. And I'm just saying to myself, I know the local officials are squawking about that, but Murphy has been missing in action on both of these issues. I'm not surprised, are you? Because, I mean, I, he seems sympathetic to the idea. I, I, I haven't heard him say really anything. Have you, Curtis? No. And you would think uh, another reason why they should have elected Citarelli, who lost uh, in the wee hours of the morning on election night, the Republican candidate. Yeah, Jack Citarelli. Yep. Right. And uh, Murphy is term limited now, so he probably figures, hey, I'll do a solid for the Biden administration. He, he imagines he's going to be a future president of the United States. He's out of his mind. He should go back to that villa of his in Italy that he spends half the year in. Is that the same one that de Blasio used to hang out now, in? Because <laughs> he's second. Italian, right? <laughs> now, I, I live in Suffolk County on weekends. Yes. And they were threatening to put him in a, a, a worse place. They were threatening to put him in, in uh, West the, Hampton Airport. Airport. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, so. still on, that's still on the table. That hasn't been taken off the table. 
uh, if you notice, Bruce Blakeman and the uh, Republicans and Democrats in Nassau County had a united front. So notice uh, when Eric Adams wrote the letter to Kathy Hochul and said, I need state facilities. He didn't mention one in Nassau County. He knew he was going to get resistance. Like Ed Day up in Rockland County who said, look, I, I'm going right away for a temporary restraining order. There hasn't been an illegal alien sent there since. But Suffolk is vacillated. They're in between. Steve Malone is leaving. You have an election coming. So they're almost leaderless. And so I think you're going to say, unfortunately, John, I hate to say it, it's either going to be Kings Park, the old psychiatric facility, Pilgrim State, in central Iceland. I was, on, I was on Fox today, and I publicly announced that they should change the name of uh, 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 Rikers, 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 Rikers Island yeah. to Ellis Island to oh. put all the immigrants there. And vet them, vet the children before, the, especially before they go to public schools with our children. Yeah, nineteen thousand John are and going to school look, starting next now, week. I have three sons. Go, they all went to public school. They had to be vaccinated. You don't have your vaccinations, you don't go to school. So are these are these kids oh, going to no, be vaccinated? What are you, John? What are you kidding? They get to do anything. They don't have to follow Listen, any of this. We got a million people listening to this show. All you people out there. Enough is enough. You know, you can't send these unvaccinated kids or possibly sick kids into, into schools with our kids. And putting them in Ellis Island, too, let them go through medical checks, let them go through all the checks that are necessary before you release them to the general public. Governor Pataki, what say you? I totally agree with you, John. This is just an absolute disgrace. And, uh, you know, Governor Hoka went down and met with uh, – she was going to meet with Biden, but, of course, he goes home at 1230 in the afternoon. He didn't so even he, meet with her. So he didn't meet with her, but she met with the staff people, and none of it was about stopping this. Uh, and that's what we have to do. You know, she was talking about getting jobs for illegals. Well, you get a 1,000 jobs for illegals and 10,000 more show up. Uh, it's not going to solve the problem. It's going to just make it worse. So uh, I, what I said – Publicly, and I, I'll say it again, she should sue Biden to stop this illegal immigration. It's having horrible consequences. He's not doing his job. Somebody has to hold him accountable and force him to. It's out of control. Uh, Governor Patterson, any opinion? I, I'm considering what Governor Pataki said. <clears throat> That's a pretty interesting uh, confrontation that would occur if the governor sued the president. But uh even if we use Rikers Island, it would work for a period of time. Then that would become filled up and the problem would be the same. And if they're going to talk about uh, people working, there would have to be training for that. So it's not like you could just go in and start hiring people who are skilled in those positions. Yeah, the only problem with the work this issue, just as you said, Governor Pataki, it's incentivizing them. How is that stopping yes, the flow? It's more, not. More people will come. And, and by the way, my understanding is the vast majority of them don't speak English at all. Right. So, and in fact, they had to hire a whole bunch. By the way, in schools, they had to hire taxpayer money to hire a whole bunch of teachers who are bilingual to be able to, to facilitate this. And the this. schools are already hurting and not doing the job. And now they have this added uh, uh, element. It's, it's just a disaster for New York. It's a disaster for America. And, you know, we have, what, maybe 90,000 illegals in New York. How many millions do Texas and uh, New Mexico and Arizona have? It's just a catastrophe for this country. Biden looks the other way. He sent up Mayorkas, who should be impeached, by the way, to lecture us that we don't have proper paperwork. 
This is a guy who is right. deliberately not doing his job. He's not just failing. He is intentionally looking the other way. And he should be impeached. Biden should be sued. This has got to stop. But you have and to have the, the will. Up to you have to have the will. Exactly right. You have to have the will. And the city's up to 118,000 now. Yeah. yeah that's, that's not going to go down. It's, it's out of control. It is out of control. What Curtis said before is absolutely right about the vaccines. You know, uh, allowing literally tens of thousands of unvaccinated kids who don't speak any English at all to go to these schools on top of the fact they're hurting in the first place is just a disaster. And, uh, you know, we just don't see the leadership. Uh, we don't, we clearly don't see it in well, Washington. And we don't see exactly. it in New York. Now it's like the three stooges are fighting one another. You've got Mayorkas battling with Hochul, Hochul battling with Adams, Adams battling with both of them. Well, don't, 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 leave, don't leave Biden out of this. No, He's the no, guy no. who's supposed to be running the show. I know, show but here. I don't even think he knows what's going on. So Mayorkas is his surrogate. And, boy, he was vicious in his letters yeah. to both Hochul and Eric Adams, who couldn't be more loyal. Yeah, I mean, uh, Yes, instead of apologizing right. for the mess they've created, he's going after him. Uh, I, I, I uh, thought the two of you would be pleased by this development. <laughs> you know, David, I love New York. And, and, you know, yes, the Democrats are totally screwing it up at every level. But that doesn't make me smile. I, it makes me feel bad for the people of New York. And now, it makes me wonder about the future. You, of you know, it's a good real temperature. Take a temperature on this. I know a bunch of people who are moving to Florida. So hurricane number two smashes in there. You can't even get flood insurance. Property insurance is through the roof. Car insurance is through the roof in Florida. And they still want to go to Florida. They want to get the hell out mess. of here. It's a mess. It is a mess. By the way, speaking of a mess, I got to get your take on this, Governor Pataki. I, I, I'm speechless when I saw this. President Biden, he is the first president in 22 years who will not be commemorating 9-11 at one of the memorials. Like, you know, obviously... uh Ground Zero or Shanksville or at the Pentagon. He's not doing he's anything. He's afraid a, somebody's going to ask him about the migrants. Yeah, how, yeah, probably. You know where he's doing, John? He's going to a Alaska. Cli- no, before that, he's going to a climate conference in Vietnam, you and know, then how, he's going to make it to Alaska after. How that. much CO two emissions is Air Force One and the entire entourage that has to follow the president going to be emitting when he goes to Vietnam to talk about climate change in a way where no one will listen to him? You know, China's not listening to him. India's not listening to him. Indonesia aren't listening to him. The China, big countries. China's could the care leader. Less. The yeah. leader of the coal of, of factories. They're they opening build up 300 more, more this year. They build more coal plants new a year than we have ever had in our country. And it's just, and, and so he goes to Vietnam to grandstand on this issue and run away from the problems in this country. Now, and Rita, now, you know, the fact that he is not doing anything to commemorate that horrible day is a disgrace. Now, Rita, uh, will uh, Jane Fonda be hosting him there in Vietnam? She may be. Uh, you know what? Uh, she seems to like Vietnam based on the history. <laughs> you and I both know about that. You know, it is a disgrace because you know when 9-11 comes up, and, and you know all too well, Governor Pataki, everybody in the country, everybody in the world knows what 9-11 is. And to look at your calendar and say, I'm going to go to a climate conference, what does this say about his priorities? Uh, what priorities? I think he just... Uh, is clueless as to what's happening in Washington, what's happening in the world. And he is obsessed with being the world leader on climate. Uh, I don't know what he's doing other than driving up energy costs and causing brownouts and destroying our own energy industry. So we have to import energy from elsewhere. Uh, it's just it's just ridiculous. He is a failed leader uh, and it is tragic for our country. And it's, 
Governor Patterson was saying before, he, he thought of, uh, maybe I'd be happy about it. I'm not. You know, you want to root for the president no, of this no, country. No, I want to root for our you want country. To root yeah, for the you country. want the best But for the I country. cannot root for this guy. You know, he just, everything he touches. And what happened in Afghanistan, you know, and then what happened in Afghanistan caused what happened in Ukraine. Absolutely. Yeah. And the Opened reason the Afghanistan happened is he wanted to stand at ground zero on September 11th, the 20th anniversary, and say, I ended the longest war in American history. What he did was turn the country over to the Taliban and ISIS, get American soldiers killed and leave behind thousands and thousands, not just of American citizens, but of American loyalists who worked hard for us and are at risk of being and, killed And it came day. out later on that all his generals, his own generals, told him, don't do it the way you're doing it. Yeah, but he's smarter than everybody else, John. He he, he knows that. And and his son is a better business person than you are. And we just, <laughs> and, you know, that's just he could sell paintings for a million dollars a piece or five hundred thousand. He could sell uh, a business that would make me blush. But go ahead, <laughs> Governor Patterson. Anything else? Well, there seems to be a planning issue that confronts the White House because in all of these situations that uh, the former governor just described. Uh, there was, you know, when they said they were ready to start evacuating people from Afghanistan, they were actually ev- evacuating, trying to evacuate people at the point that the Taliban and their friends were taking over. Uh, then with, uh, again, it took a long time to even acknowledge that there was a, a you know, a, a problem in terms of this migrant situation. And again, um, they, you know, the... Uh, the uh, state, yeah. the United States Park Service uh, could have been helpful in terms of bringing the migrants in. There were other uh, agencies and, yeah. and activities that could have taken, and they just never got around to it. And and then seem almost uh, shocked that the heads of these entities, the governor and the mayor, are complaining. Yeah. I just want to say on 9-11, I think the governor has a big uh, – uh, his foundation is giving a big 9-11 uh, – uh, uh, yes, what is it? we recognize people, the unsung heroes, uh, uh, who, yeah. who did so much to get us and, through that day and re- and thereafter. Which On is always 9, beautiful. 12, the police athletic league at a luncheon is honoring, uh, uh, Governor Pataki for being, for, for bringing New York City through that problem. And, uh, uh and just, uh, he deserves to be honored. Absolutely. Your leadership at that time was incredible, and it continues to this day. We appreciate your voice so well, much. Well, John. thank you, Rita, and thank you, John. So, so whoever wants to be at the Police Athletic League lunch at the Pierre Hotel honoring Governor George Pataki, uh, go to, P, I guess, P-A-L-N-Y-C.org. I don't right. have to go there, John. I already have my ticket. What do you think? Oh, about that? okay. Good. Oh, about that? I'm honored that you're coming. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and then on the, on the 13th, we have another event at the yes. Union League Club. It has, and we're both going to be distributing some of our books. And, and I'm going to be promoting John's book. And, and I, I'll tell you, I read it and, uh, he talks about how to make your next million, you know, or next billion. And it's just an amazing story of your mother growing up uh, on that island in Greece. You're living on a um, west of 135th Street where I lived yeah. at the same time. Uh, it's just a great story. And I would urge everyone uh, to read it. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, now we got uh, Greg Jarrett coming calling in. Yep, we do. We have Greg Jarrett, who, of course, is the great Fox News legal analyst, uh, also author of an awesome book, too, as well. Uh, Greg, what's your book name, by the way? What's the name of your book? 
The Trial of the Century, about the famous Scopes Monkey Trial. Absolutely. It's an awesome book. I read it, and I loved having you on my show on it, uh, too, Greg Jarrett. Greg, so much happening uh, here with Hunter Biden, with the whole case. Comer, James Comer, of course, head of the Oversight Committee, came out last night. And he seems to think that it's almost inevitable that there's going to be an impeachment inquiry now, especially with all these emails that are coming out showing that Hunter's CC'd on business things with Joe Biden and he's using these fake names. Where is this going, Greg? Well, that by itself is a violation of the Federal Records Act, trying to mask emails uh, on government accounts uh, on a government server with fake accounts. Um, but 5,400 alias emails, I mean, that's, that number alone is staggering, and it invites the question, why did Joe Biden do it? Well, uh, sort of Occam's razor here, the obvious answer is usually the right one, concealment. If somebody has nothing to hide, they don't hide their communications. But here, Hunter Biden is being copied on his dad's secretive emails dealing with Ukraine, where the son is pocketing a million bucks a year, And some of the shared communications were with the then-President Poroshenko, whom Joe, as we now know, pressured to fire the prosecutor investigating Hunter Biden and his company Burisma. So, you know, these alias emails, I think, only solidified Joe's involvement in his son's influence peddling schemes, which is defined in the criminal codes as bribery. You know, uh, we have Governor Pataki in the studio and also Governor Patterson. Governor Pataki, have you ever heard of of a president using aliases like this? This is unbelievable. And as Greg was just saying, 5,400 emails while he's vice president using these fake names. You know, it's just incredible. And uh, I just want to go off on a little tangent here. Uh, I fear for our country when we don't have a media that cares. Where are the big networks? Where are the big New York Times, Washington Post? This is one of the most despicable acts of corruption I have ever heard of, of a high-up political family. And yet you only hear it on Fox or on this show uh, or or in the, maybe the, the Wall Street Journal or the Post. Uh, and it really troubles me because I think back to when uh, President Trump was – was elected and you had Donald Trump Jr. called in all these hearings every day. There was this article about the corruption of Krupp. I remember left wing friends of mine talking about he should be impeached because of the emoluments of his office because dignitary stayed at the hotel he owned. And yet the media doesn't even report about this. It's an absolute disgrace. So, Greg, keep fighting. Uh, this has got to come out and the criminality has got to be accounted for. Well, thank you, Governor. And, you know, Journalists are covering this up. They claim that influence peddling isn't illegal. I mean, that's laughable. As I said, it's defined as bribery, 18 U.S.C. 201. And, you know, the other media narrative is, well, Joe never received a penny, so he committed no crime. That is also wrong. Read the statute. If the cash goes to another person or entity other than the office holder, it is still bribery. And, of course, bribery is an impeachable offense in the Constitution. And everybody, we're talking to Fox News legal analyst Greg Jarrett. To Governor Pataki's point, Greg, do you think things will change, um, even from a media perspective, but especially also from a legal perspective? Congress is coming back, uh, you know, next week, all right? They're going to come back, and they are now signaling, Comer signaling, 
that it looks like there will be an impeachment inquiry. He didn't say for sure. Obviously, it's in McCarthy's hands, but it sounds like he's agreeable to it. McCarthy sounded like he's agreeable to it. It it seems like it's well-deserved. That's what I'm saying. Does that give more teeth? How can a vice president of the United States of America use alias names like that? Yeah, there's something fishy. Something Something well, you used to say something rotten in Denmark. You know what are we saying now? Something is rotten in Washington. Well, and John, you couple that with the burner phones. You couple that with uh, remember the uh, FD ten twenty three that FBI report with the informant. I mean, these are credible people. The IRS whistleblowers. What does that does that give them more teeth to subpoena people? Take, real quick, we Greg. Take a hard break. And uh, oh yeah, Greg, real quick. Greg, thank you. Thank you Thanks. so much. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we got <laughs> we got to take a hard break. Let's take the break, and when we come back, uh, we Doug have Schoen. Doug Schoen, uh, and he had a big editorial in the uh, New York Post today talking about there should be more candidates for president. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we're back here on Katz and Cosby. And we are talking about some new polls, especially there's a new one that just came out. Uh, it's an AP poll on Biden. And it says 80% plus don't want Biden. 80 percent of Americans and about 70, close to 70 Democrats, 70% of Democrats don't even want him, John. I mean, that's, that's a big number. Joining us now to talk about that. And also what's happening on the Republican side too is Doug Schoen, the great pollster. Doug, thank you for joining us. What's your, uh, are you one of the Democrats, one of the 67, 70%? Well, I I am increasingly moving in that direction. As I watch Joe Biden, his job performance obviously leaves a lot to be desired. His age and his infirmities appear more clear and obvious. And the Hunter Biden case and his involvement with emails and phone calls and dinners raises more and more questions about his performance. So, yes, Reid, I think it's fair to say that I am increasingly asking more questions about Joe Biden. Do you think he's going to make it? Uh, I mean, I'm being very serious because he just no, seems, no, you know, you feeble. Know, look, I was there when when John Katsimatidis was a moderate Democrat, and he saw, as I did, Bill Clinton in the White House, and it's pretty easy to run a campaign Uh, It's called a Rose Garden strategy. And I think that's what Biden's going to try to do. Now, whether he's able to do it, Rita, remains a question. But he will hang out in the White House as much as possible. The only travel I think he'll do. And he won't debate. And he won't debate. I understand that. He he can't debate. Uh, I I got one more thing to to say. uh, in, In the Wall Street Journal today, he is taking the same thing he did uh, with the loan thing. Says I'm going to give all the, I'm going to give you back all ten thousand dollars back in your student loans, 
and there was a quasi bribe to, to, to get votes. You know what he did today? Supervisors, three and a half million supervisors will be eligible for overtime. So vote, vote for me. And if you're a supervisor, we're going to, we're going to give you overtime. Yep. The, the Democratic campaign has, as you remember, John, been opportunity, responsibility, and community. Now it's just redistribution of wealth and giveaways, as you say. It's not the Democratic Party I grew up in or have come to believe in. And everybody, we're talking well, to Poster Doug every, Show. Yeah, but everybody wants fair and square uh, loans and fair and square on everything, but, but they're using it. They're using it as a weapon. Yeah, well, it's, like, it's like Obama, John. Wait, remember, every I there well, were people who said I voted because I was going to get XX and X from Obama, and they're thinking the same thing, and John. The same thing happened in the twenty twenty Georgia elections for Senate. You vote for our Democratic senators, and next week we're going to give you twenty six hundred dollars. And guess what? They delivered right. Go ahead, Governor Pataki. Doug, we got Governor Pataki wants to say something, then Governor Patterson. Doug, um, you know, I think what you're saying is right. I, I think there's no way that Biden's going to be able to run next year. The Hunter thing is going to get worse. His age and obvious infirmity is going to get worse. I don't know that the economy is going to be roaring. Uh, what happened in 2020 is the front runner was Bernie Sanders, and you had Elizabeth Warren, you had Kamala Harris, you had three very left-wing Democrats, and the Democratic establishment, which I don't understand, allegedly got together and said, we're going to run Biden as a moderate. We're going to get everybody behind him as the one who can win. And we know he's incompetent, so we'll hide him in the basement. Uh, it seems to me the likelihood next year is that Democratic establishment takes a look and says Biden is unelectable uh, and does the same thing. Uh, they go to the Democratic powers that be, the money people, the media people, the others, uh, get Biden out of the race and pick someone else who they can run as a moderate, even though they won't govern as a moderate. Please don't say Kamala Harris. Please don't say Kamala Harris, Governor, because that's a mess. Even Governor Patterson's laughing on that one. Governor Patterson, you want to say something. Uh, Doug, I want to turn the clock back for a second. I think that if Biden does run and it comes to August, September, that he would have to debate. He would have to do it because his inability to show up for a debate would be a whole lot different than, let's say, he's running against Trump and Trump decides he doesn't want to debate. But no one will think it's because... He's not able to do it. And that's why I think he would be pushed into that situation. Well, he could always send Hunter to do the debate for him. <laughs> By the way, Hunter's getting free flights everywhere, yeah, so we could just fly in at taxpayers' expense. He's on a plane, plane with him. Just go to the debate. Exactly. <laughs> I, I would say, uh, Governor Patterson, your analysis is right uh, up to the point where you say he'd have to debate. My response is, I'm not sure he can debate just i don't think he could do it i don't think he could last an hour and a half governor pataki and you both have been in long debates and even when you've got the level of political skill and intelligence both of you uh have in rich abundance it's a tough process to stand stand on a stage for 90 minutes i don't think joe biden could do it i know donald trump can do it i'm not pro-trump i don't want him to run i don't want him to win but if you ask me what a debate between those two would be, 
be a clear knockout for Trump. Yeah, absolutely. And now, it, what's what to your point before, Governor Pataki? Don't you think there'll be backlash if Biden doesn't debate? If it comes to the moment, he's that's what I was saying. Yeah, I think there'll be such. I would hope the media at that point would step up and say clearly the American public needs to hear from him at that point. He can't do a cellar, basement, rose garden strategy at that point. Do you also, think, Rita, though? I don't think it was abundantly clear that he was going to debate in uh, 2020. Yeah, that's right. But and and he did a whole lot better than I think people thought he would. Yeah. Like but then he faded. Whatever the medicine was on, it faded. It seemed like towards the end of the debate. I remember that last one. It was like, oh, whatever it is, it's fading. That showed, what you <laughs> were saying that you think that we should have more candidates for president on both sides. Absolutely. More debates, more candidates, and more common sense politics like you and Rita bring John and Governor Pataki and Governor Patterson brought in great abundance and great skill to our great state. Bring common sense back to America. Thank you, Doug Schoen, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you. We're going to take a hard break, and we're going to come back with Ty McCoy, uh, former assistant secretary of the Air Force, rumors around that uh, uh, that uh, the head of the Wagner Group may be alive. Maybe it was a knows? fake assassination. Let's see what uh, Ty McCoy has to say. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Well, there was a big video uh, that just came out. And, John, the message was, everything's okay. That's from uh, the head of the Wagner mercenary group in Russia that was supposedly killed on that plane that was suddenly shot out of the sky after he defied Putin. But maybe it was a double cross. That's some of the stories here. And joining us now is Ty McCoy. Ty is a former undersecretary of the Air Force, uh, also uh, chairman of Iron Gate Venture Capital. Ty, uh, this is interesting. He has a history of sort of, you know, uh, playing sort of two sides. Russia has a history of playing two sides, sort of the whole double cross, the whole masquerading. Your thoughts? Well, indeed, uh, Rita, it's very nice to be with you and the Katsimatidis team. Uh, I've been looking at this and talking to a number of sources. Uh, the Europeans, the European intelligence and others believe that um, the uh, second jet, which was going to St. Petersburg and then left sometime later, may have taken Prigozhin uh, out of the country, down potentially to Baku, Azerbaijan, or some other place. Uh, most of the uh, sources I talked to here in, in the United States believe, in fact, that Prigozhin was killed along with his top, top henchmen. And uh, so it's difficult to know because they're full of tricks and mind games and Soviet intelligence. And I think that... Um, if he has survived uh, after all of this, the story that Putin will have to tell uh, to many people will be uh, rather confused and difficult and will just dilute his authority uh, even further. So now let me ask you, the, for folks listening out there, and I'm not a big conspiracy nut, but it is they seem to be playing both sides because even after the coup, then suddenly he was embracing him. Is is there a chance Putin's in on this, Ty? Uh, There is. There's a chance. I think in in looking at some things that have happened over the last few days, 
I think uh, what we may be seeing is that the Chinese, who have been uh, supposedly his big backer to help him wage war over the long term, may be pulling back and may have sent a signal that you need to do several things. Uh, one is to download Pergozin and get rid of him because he's the most militant uh, person uh, that wants to uh, win for Russia and continue the war. So it would be hard to negotiate and make peace in some way with Zelensky with Pergozin out uh, still running around, uh, shaking and uh, seeking to uh, conquer and, and, and help Mother Russia regain lost lands. Also, at the BRICS conference down in South Africa, the Chinese were able to get a number of other countries admitted to this alliance, which kind of dilutes the authority of Russia when they were just one of five countries previously. And then also the visit by Secretary of Commerce from the United States, Raimondo, to Beijing recently on uh, staying in contact in, in terms of the Chinese-U.S. Uh, trade and technology relationship. I think the Chinese have, have basically decided that Putin is in enough of a corner uh, that we don't need to continue to back him so that if we can get a negotiated settlement that uh, leaves him in, in, a, in the bad guy corner uh, and save our relationship with the rest of the world uh, and, and still sort of dominate uh, the, the, the rest of, of the Russian Federation. I think that's uh, which way the Chinese are going. And, and Putin may very well have picked up on that signal. And so he may have decided that sometime in the next few months, particularly if the Ukrainians continue to make progress on the battlefield, that he is going to have to come to grips with some sort of a negotiated settlement. Really interesting. By the way, before I let you go, Ty McCoy, uh, North Korea, did you hear this today? This is scary because you're getting into, obviously, Asia. North Korea says it uh, simulated nuclear attacks on South Korea and also rehearsed an occupation of South Korea. That's scary stuff when you're seeing well, things like this President right now. President Biden could really handle that. Oh, God. Isn't that <laughs> scary? Wow, John. What a scary <coughs> premise. This is serious stuff, as you've been talking about, Governor Pataki. I mean, this uh, is big really stuff. It really is serious stuff. And... uh um, North Korea obviously is a rogue state and, uh, we have to do everything we can to isolate them. And I'm, I was uh, very interested in what Ty was saying about Putin might be under pressure to negotiate. And, um, I think the Ukrainians are doing better than, uh, the American public is led to believe. And I think, uh, this is a catastrophe for Putin. And one hopes that he is starting to think that, uh, he has to get this ended some way, but with him, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Now, what Ty was saying, what I understand, Ty, if I'm getting correct, and we have to take a break after this, uh, is that the Chinese pressured the Russians to take out, get rid of the Wagner guy. Uh, Pergozin. Yeah, Pergozin, yep. And so Pergozin being Putin's friend, uh, he had the double uh, killed, and Pergozin – Went someplace else. Yeah, it was on that second plane, because remember, there was that other plane. I mean, if that's true, who knows with Putin, John? I mean, it's so crazy over there. Um, this is so complicated, I'm waiting for Rasputin to come back. <laughs> yeah, he may, may be coming back. Yeah. He was quite a uh, figure in the day, uh, so uh, they say, with a number of the, uh, the the leadership there, and got them quite confused, which uh, may be uh, what they're they're doing now. Perhaps uh, Prigozhin is... Uh, was uh, attempting to be the new Rasputin, and um, therefore he was gaining too much uh, too much sway. Thank Time you, Ty. Assistant Secretary of the Air Force, uh, West Point uh, graduate, thank you so much, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. 
You bet. Thank you. And we've got uh, Vito Fisella on now with us, of course, uh, the Staten Island Borough President. Uh, Vito, we were just hearing, I guess there's going to be some more protests, especially out there in Staten Island, uh, because of that migrant shelter that's set up at the Catholic school, 20 feet away from a grammar school. What's the latest with that? Because there was a lot of legal back and forth when we talked with you last, Vito. Yeah, speaking of Rasputin, uh, it's... Um, <laughs> How's that for a segue, right? <laughs> it's great to be with you all. Thank you. And yeah, the the fight continues in the Aracar section of Staten Island, but it's emblematic of what's happened across Staten Island, where migrant shelters are popping up in places that could not be worse. As you mentioned, Rita, it's a few feet from a Catholic, all-girls Catholic school, now we're told they put portable showers in the back, so people have to go out uh, and take showers behind the school adjacent to people's properties. Again, right in the distance is a uh, girls' Catholic high school and two elementary schools, and it continues. And I just hope, and uh, and, and we're going to continue to fight it. Uh, there'll be a, a, another large protest, I think, on Tuesday, uh, or one day, I think it's Tuesday the 5th. But in the meantime, we're trying everything we can to stop this thing from from growing and expanding. And we keep saying it's unsustainable, but it keeps being done. And it's a wacky upside down world. Yeah. Are you surprised, you know, uh, when we were talking with you last Vito, I remember you were filing, obviously the, uh, the injunction, the judge ruled on that. And then it was like, I've never seen a judge, I guess, within like whatever, 10, 15 minutes. It's on a Friday afternoon. Oh, we're going to turn it over. It's like, uh, you know, it's suddenly, no, they are allowed back in. I, I mean, this yeah. seems to be like a, a ramrod process. Right. So one of the causes of action we just found, or we, we argued, was that this is in a totally inappropriate area. It's one of the more restrictive zoning areas in all of New York City, and yet they converting a school into a 24-hour-day hotel for migrants. And we, a private citizen couldn't do that. Uh, but for some reason, the city can come in and do it for migrants. And, uh, and we, we prevailed, and frankly, on all four causes of action at the trial level. And then it was bumped up to the appellate division. And within a few hours, it was reversed. We were supposed to go in on September 6th. And sort of the news that's breaking right now is we've just been told that it'll, now it'll be September 14th will be the hearing for a preliminary injunction, and we will be there in force to argue what we think on the merits. This is the wrong place for four, four main reasons, and we hope that the judge that heard at the trial level who granted the temporary restraining order uh, feels this as strongly as, uh, as he did last Friday. And in the meantime, what, they go, they're allowed to go in, right? They've said more today, right? So the number, we're just in, totally in the dark uh, as to who who's coming and when they're coming. I think we're, there are about 58 or so today that could I could be off. Uh, there were 22 over the weekend, and you know, they just send them when they send them. And then the, the people in the community just have to endure it. Uh, the stress uh, on them, the stress of parents, of the kids at the school across the street is is, is growing. And it's just unfair. And, you know, the old expression is do no harm. Well, we're doing the very opposite here. All we're doing is harming. We're not making things better. There's no benefit to the people of Staten Island with this measure. And we just want it to stop. Yeah. And it's, and again, 20 feet from a grammar school. Uh, Gov Patterson, you got a question for Vito Fasella. Uh, I was just going to tell my uh, former colleague that uh, he's really got a level headed approach here and, lays out specifically what the problems are and 
isn't getting out ahead of it and, and being shrill, but really by uh, coming up with some workable and sensible ideas. And uh, I just uh, wish you well, Mr. Burr, President. Yeah. Uh, well, coming from you, Governor Patterson, I really appreciate that. Uh, by the way, we have we have much. a second governor in here. We've got Governor Pajaki in the studio, oh, too. Wow. You know? we got... This is do- a Governor sale. Squared. It's like a sale at pennies. Oh, <laughs> but a really we're, we're good worth sale. more than that, Vito. Yeah, but this I, is Bloomingdale's. This I, is Bloomingdale's. I just wanted to reinforce what uh, Governor Patterson said. You're doing the right thing legally here. Uh, in my view, you should clearly win uh, the TRO when you go before the judge. My concern is that New York's courts have become so political. Uh, we saw that when Hoku couldn't get her chief judge approved because he was too much of a center, centrist and, and the legislature pushed through someone else. So uh, is there anything besides these legal suits that you're right in bringing that you can do? Uh, one thing I would suggest is what can be done in Washington to raise the profile uh, before the Biden administration that this president – is not just screwing up the border, but by doing that, he's screwing screwing up communities across New York and the country. You're right, Governor, and thank you for for those comments as well. Uh, we so the first order is yeah, we're concerned about how the court has drifted, and even though uh, the the trial judge made a ruling within I think less than an hour, so that how strongly he felt about it, but he was reversed on appeal at the second department. And what we said last year when folks first migrants first started coming to Staten Island is we said the federal government is ultimately responsible for this. They opened the borders, they turned the faucet on, and now communities across the country now in Staten Island have to deal with it. So that is the issue. You know, fix the roof. The roof is has a big leak and the water keeps coming in and it goes all over the house. Let's fix the roof, which is the border. And let's figure out how we solve this problem locally and don't dump it in the middle of, you know, beautiful little neighborhoods across from where kids go to school starting next week. Absolutely. Not even a week. It's like a dam. If I understand right, (laughs) if in that school where they're putting the migrants, I couldn't put in the liquor store because you can't put a liquor store across the street from a a girl's school. Yeah, you know, uh, Governor Patterson, you brought that up. Meanwhile, they're putting unvetted migrants? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Give me a break. No, and, and and this is an area, so I want to just try to visualize the area for folks. This is a solid residential neighborhood. It's not a commercial district. There are homes on tree-lined streets. Well, these individuals go out, and you can't keep them forced in the building. There's nowhere that, for them to go. But, like, on people's front lawns, and the school is across the street, and, there's a yeah, there's a fence on the street. But these folks came up thousands of miles going through jungles and rivers and wherever, What's the little fence? Nobody's going to stop them if they if they want to uh, climb over the fence. And that school is now forced, the one across the street, is forced to incur up to a million dollars in in equipment and personnel and resources they didn't have to do. But now they're concerned, rightfully, and the parents are concerned. So now they have to take extra measures uh, to build and protect their kids on their school grounds. And again, that's a problem they didn't cause. So we're trying to keep the arguments on the merits, uh, as, as the governor's both said. And we hope that reason prevails. Uh, but who the heck knows that the world is upside down right now. Vito Fasella, borough president of Staten Island, thank you. Stay safe and happy uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, let's take a break right now. We're going to come back with some more uh, uh, 
Details on the migrants. And by oh. the way, migrants in schools now. Big Let's deal. take that break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back. Uh, John, next week, they are saying there's going to be over 19,000 migrant children in New York City public schools. Uh, buckle up, because we were just talking. John, I'm vaccinated. vaccinated. Yes. Uh, and nobody gave them a, uh, a test to find out if they have any sicknesses. Yeah, and throw them in with all the other kids. Yeah, and they don't speak English. And they don't speak English. And joining us now is New York City Councilman, Democrat Robert Holden. Uh, Councilman Holden, I'm glad you've been sounding the alarm about this. How worried are you about next week uh, to John and, and Governor Patakian and also Governor Patterson? We're all talking about the fact they are not vetted. They're not screened. They're not vaccinated. Many of them don't speak the language. I feel bad for them, but I also feel bad for the American kids. Yeah, our kids need vaccines to get into school. They don't. Uh, our, our kids uh, need, you know, obviously they need supplies. They need, you know, uh, bags and, and, and school supplies. They don't have it. We have to buy it. But the migrant kids, 19,000 and counting, by the way, and they're going to have to hire 3,400 new teachers. To, to teach them, bilingual teachers. So we're, we're in a mess situation now, not only in housing the migrants, but educating them. And I've seen, I've seen some, uh, some schools overwhelmed. And, and some of them, I, and I feel bad for the migrant children, many of them are taking three buses to schools in my district, three regular public buses to school. And who's paying for that, uh, Councilman Holden? <laughs> we are. Every, of course. And, you know, we didn't ask for this. Uh, again, we're... We're 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 in a situation where we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. But the biggest problem we have, we have a lot of men running around the city who can't work. Uh, they're not allowed to work, and they're just uh, able-bodied sitting around. That's a recipe for disaster. I said this six months ago uh, that we should expedite the, um, the the process of asylum, or you know send them back. And I would send them to the White House, like I mentioned. I mentioned this six months ago. Send them to the White House. Put them on the White House lawn see what, what yeah. happens then. Let's see how they enjoy it. Everybody, we're talking to New York City Councilman Robert Holden. Uh, let's go to Governor Pataki. Bob, uh, first of all, thank you for being a sane Democrat. You know, there are, it seems they've drifted so far left that there are very there's few of, of us in the council. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's another one. <laughs> well, that's encouraging that there's another one. Uh, but this is just a horrible thing, and I agree with you. Send in the White House. But uh, – one thing I have to disagree with you said we didn't ask, you said we didn't ask for this. Well, New York City is a sanctuary city, and it's hypocritical to say we're a sanctuary city. We welcome these illegal immigrants, and then they come, and you go, "Oh my God, this is awful. What are we going to do?" Uh, could you not, and should not, the city rescind its status as a sanctuary city and send a message that we can't deal with this? Well. It- Sanctuary City, these are the laws that we passed in the city council. And again, it's it's hard to believe right after 9-11, we started passing these laws that prohibit the NYPD from working with ICE. So that's what that sanctuary city status means. And those laws were passed over the last 20 years. And and I, I even went to City Hall and just leased into uh, uh, Mayor Bloomberg for signing that law. And then but then but, but you know, obviously, uh uh, de Blasio did some more damage, but that's what the sanctuary status means. That means we're not working. And this is what, didn't we learn a lesson from 9-11? 
that you have to, that's why we set up ICE to deal with this situation, to communicate with NYPD, to communicate with local law enforcement. We're going against that now. Um, and also everybody, we're talking to New York City Councilman Bob Holden. Governor Patterson, you got a question for him. Um, my question is, where is the city council on these issues, your colleagues? Again, they're, you know, they, they question that we should be doing more for the migrants. Nobody says, very few of us, only the Common Sense Caucus, as eight of us in the council, says we can't accept anymore. We can't. We can't accept any more people. Again, it's too much on the taxpayers of New York City and New York State. We must decide. We have to make a strong decision. Now, I, I said to the mayor, and I said this a while ago, he said, well, I'd be violating the right to shelter law. That, and, and finally, he's challenging that. He did that uh, a few months ago. But that's not going to, to really help because, again, we know the judges. We know the liberal judges, what they think. And they're going to probably pass the, the, the decision that we have to you know, shelter everyone. When does that stop? Does this stop at 200000 300000 400000 Well, it's $9.3 million a day right now. Right. And if you, but if you, if it, when is it, when is it too much, Governor? When is it too much? It's already, I, the mayor's been that, saying that for uh, months. We passed by too much a while yeah. ago. Well, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, for sure. We're, we're out of time and we're out of time. We'll be back tomorrow from Friday. Uh, yeah, boy, and, what a uh, week. There's one thing we all stand for. Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God save New York and God save America.